Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday morning, May the 17th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and we are excited to be able to announce to you this morning the return of our beloved Dr. J.B. Hickson, uh, who's been out for the last two weeks uh, due to uh, mission-related circumstances, and he's spoken at conferences, uh, and I, uh, there's some other things that have happened. I'm going to let him update you on that here in a second, uh, but we're glad you've tuned in with us today. Uh, we're glad to have JB back. We're thrilled to have JB back, actually, and uh, I think he's thrilled to be back, uh, so we're, we're going to have some fun today. In a, in a manner of speaking, uh, we're, we're going to be talking about a different kind of subject matter, uh, and we'll get to that in a second, but I'd, I'd like for, before we do that, for JB to go ahead and give you an update on what's occurred, what has transpired over the last two to three weeks, JB, what the heck is going on? Well, Curtis, it is so great to be back with you. I can't tell you how excited I am. It, it seems like it's been way too long. In fact, uh, our yes. listeners to the podcast don't may not remember this, but we actually record this by video just so we can see each other. And I think yes. sometimes you even post the video, but it's been so long. It looks like you might have even lost more hair. I don't know. It's, it's hard. I, to I, say. You but, know, I believe that's possible. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you for having me back on. So just to kind of give a quick rundown of the last few weeks, uh, I was uh, at a conference in Wisconsin uh, a couple of weeks ago and then traveling back. And so we had uh, anticipated that I wouldn't be able to do that week, uh, the podcast on Tuesday. Uh, And then I got back, uh, went to another conference uh, this, uh, not this past weekend, but a couple weekends ago in Fort Collins. And I spoke uh, at one time there with several other keynotes uh, on the topic, uh, Angels, Demons, and You. And boy, uh, Curtis, we gave the devil his uh, his what for. I mean, we Good. we uh, we really uh, biblically, uh, you know, reminded him again and again of his future and how he's already lost the battle. And I don't think he appreciated it because uh, that was sort of the beginning of an onslaught of spiritual attacks on uh, me and my family. And it started on the drive home from Fort Collins. I uh, had just severe pain. I uh, had to even pull over and stop at one point and try to walk around, but. Uh, abdominal pain, uh, texted my wife uh, that I was really not feeling well and tried to explain uh, voice to text while I'm driving uh, uh, what was going on. And she said, just go straight to the ER. And But stubborn me, I said, no way and came home thinking if I could just lay down, it would help the pain. But I hadn't been home an hour before it was obvious something was seriously going on. So we went to the ER. Turns out it was acute severe appendicitis. The doctor said if I'd have waited, well, within the next 24 hours, it would have burst. Uh, But um, anyway, they did an emergency appendectomy. And uh, so praise God that, you know, that they, I got there and they were able to do that. But then I got home and hadn't been home just a few hours and the pain really recurred and it was just excruciating. So we went back to the ER ended up staying in the hospital three more days with a secondary infection. But uh, they finally got that under control. And it was really 
hard to be down and out for so long. I missed services at Plum Creek Chapel, our home church there in Sedalia. And of course, our church is the best church in America, bar none. And they rallied (laughs) together, came together, and they just did a, had a fantastic service um, in my absence, which is wonderful. Um, And uh, so anyway, uh, I've been home now a few days and we had services Sunday and had a wonderful kind of reunion because I had missed two Sundays in a row between the Wisconsin conference yeah. and the appendectomy. And uh, so I love our church and I want to say a great big hello to the folks at Plum Creek Chapel and remind everybody again, if you're ever in the Denver metro area in Colorado, please come see us at Plum Creek Chapel. You will be blessed. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm really uh, excited. We've got a little more travel coming up uh, a little bit each month for the next few months, uh, some conferences and folks can stay in touch with us at uh, notbyworks.org and see some of the things upcoming. Uh, but uh, today, boy, I'm excited about uh, what's uh, happening. Uh, man, we've got uh, a great topic. And, you know, I figured since the devil's been really attacking you know, why not give him some more counter punches? You know, I mean, he I might as well have a reason to attack me. So that's I, I agree. Uh, you know, if he's going to attack, he might as well have a good reason. That's right. So let's let's apply a roundhouse kick to his forehead. Well, how about just a, I don't know if I can get my leg up that high, but how about just a regular old punch to the gut? Just a, a good right cross. We'll there you it. go. Okay. Well, let's do that very thing. As we talk today about Satan's uh, obsequious sycophants. Yeah, I'll say that one more time. Satan's obsequious sycophants. Now, you're going to ask me, well, what does obsequious mean? And uh, I don't know, but it sounds good. (laughs) And while you're at it, explain sycophants too. Okay, we, we named it this just to get your attention. Okay, and now that we've got it, we'll explain uh, what those terms mean. Obsequious means uh, to uh, noticeably take an excessively servile attitude towards something or someone. Uh, And a sycophant is merely, if we wanted to give a one-word definition uh, of that, would be a follower, an unquestioning follower of something or someone. So Satan's obsequious or excessively servile uh, followers is what we're talking about today. Uh, And to give you kind of a a foretaste of some of the things JB is going to be telling you about, I'd like to give you a couple of examples. Now, JB, uh, when you were growing up, when I was growing up, uh, I was a little ahead of you in that game. Uh, as far as chronologically, I still haven't totally grown up completely. But uh, do you remember watching on the weekends, maybe every now and then as a kid, something called the Creature Features on TV? Very vaguely, but uh, I, not enough to uh, to have a picture in my mind. Well, it, it used to be a weekend show, uh, a horror show, basically, where they'd show scary movies. And I used to think back to they show things like Dracula and mm. Frankenstein and, and the Wolfman and things of that nature. Now, uh, those characters were evil beyond compare, you know, and they were uh, presented as such in the movies. Uh, but the one thing that they all had in common was not just their evil nature, but they all had a lackey 
you know, what we would consider a sidekick on the good side, they had their lackeys. For instance, Dracula had Renfield, and Renfield uh, did Dracula's bidding. He brought he brought victims into the castle, you know, uh, and uh, he would giggle as he did. <laughs> yeah, that was Renfield, and he ate cockroaches. See, a really attractive guy. Uh, Frank and Dr. Frankenstein had Igor. Those were obsequious sycophants. They did anything and everything that their master bid them to do, no matter what it was and no matter what the penalty for it would have been. They did it, and they did it willingly and unquestioningly. Now, does Satan have those kind of lackeys, JB? And if he does, who are they? Can you explain that? You bet. Yeah, that was an excellent uh, introduction and description of what we're talking about here. Uh, those who followed our uh, teaching for, for any length of time at all know that I talk frequently about the Luciferian conspiracy, and a conspiracy by definition involves multiple people. And so these uh, obsequious sycophants are essentially co-conspirators, uh, some yeah. wittingly, some unwittingly, but they're all working with Satan at Satan's behest to try to help Satan uh, conquer God and overcome uh, evil. And so uh, we throughout, you know, the, the new book, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, that we've talked a lot about it since it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on. We you haven't talked about it on Christian Underground News Network lately, but um, uh, the Spirit of the Antichrist book uh, has, you know, chapter after chapter exposing uh, several individuals and people, and I even have a chart in there kind of outlining uh, the conspiracy a bit. Uh, but for the last 6,000 years, Satan has had his lackeys that he's trying to use as weapons, tools, agents, in some cases, in many cases, in fact, secret agents, to try to uh, defeat uh, God. And so I thought today we would just kind of walk through some of these uh, characters biblically, as well as historically, and yeah. I know you've got some uh, thoughts as well, and some ideas as well, but, uh, you know, a lot of times when people are talking about the Luciferian uh, elite, uh, they'll use phrases like the deep state, uh, or the uh, global elite, or yes. the, you know, satanic cabal, or just the, you know, the right. oligarchy. Those are all phrases that uh, people use that, that are all really referring to the same group. But of course, not everybody who is aware of the grand conspiracy understands that it is thoroughly biblical and that yes. it really all traces back to Satan in his attempt to defeat the creator. Mm -hmm. um, but these days, many, many people are aware of sort of the power behind the power, that, that there's some unseen, unhidden authority, unhidden cabal that is, you know, pulling the strings. Uh, that's why on the cover of my 2012 book, uh, The Great Last Day's Deception, Exposing Satan's New World Order Agenda, I actually have a cover of a puppet master with strings attached to key world centers and like Moscow and Washington, D.C., because yes. um, there is indeed an unseen uh, element that is really behind things. Uh, now, uh, it's not, um, uh, you know, uh, monolithic. It's not like 
Satan speaks and everything happens exactly like he wants it to happen because right. he's not omnipotent. And so he he's frequently subject to uh, internal strife and rebellion and uh, yes. conflict. And so, uh, you know, obviously when God speaks, it happens. God spoke the world into existence and it was, but with Satan, he doesn't have that kind of power. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's working hard with a number of co-conspirators to, to bring about his agenda. Now, a lot of times when we talk about that group, and I just gave you several names for it, uh, the preferred name and the name that they give themselves and the, the name that comes straight out of Scripture is the Luciferians. Right. Um, but people will talk about that group and they'll just gen generically refer to them as they. Yes. And so, you know, you'll even hear me say they this or they did that or they're trying to do this or this is what they want you to think. And so, uh, you know, so really what we're, we're talking about when we talk about Satan's obsequious sycophants is who are they? Who, who is this mysterious group? Uh, yeah. They and who are um, these lackeys. Yeah. Yeah. These la who are these lackeys. Right. And so <laughs> um, so if you're ready to dive in, I'd like to kind of go back to uh, the early stages and talk about the first of Satan's group of lackeys. Absolutely. I'm ready. And I'm pretty sure our listeners are by now. Let, let's dive right in. So for the, for the first group, we uh, need to look at to Revelation chapter 12. And that's where we learn that when yeah. Satan fell, he drew one third of the angels with him. That's so right. The first set of lackeys was one third of the angels who fell and became uh, non-elect angels or fallen angels. Yes. And they are that same uh, number today, because of course, angels do not procreate or increase in number. They're created beings. And one third of the total created beings, uh, angels, uh, have, have now sided with Satan and are doing uh, his bidding. Uh, now, as I talk about in the book, uh, a certain number of those are permanently imprisoned, uh, awaiting final judgment at the great white throne. There, there uh, are four of them uh, in the great river Euphrates. I'm sorry, say that again. There are four of those demonic entities uh, permanently imprisoned on, uh, in, in, in the great river Euphrates, aren't there? Yeah, and so, and then you've got another group that are uh, of, of imprisoned angels that are will be set free at the midpoint of the future tribulation period. Yes, um, yes. When they get out of the abyss, and Satan unlocks the door there, and they 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 come, or Satan goes down to greet them, and they they are set free. And so, but uh, besides those two groups, the one you mentioned that, that are permanently imprisoned, and the one uh, that are temporarily confined, mm -hmm. uh, the rest are roaming free, and they yes. are the ones today that are his army, if you will that uh, have, you know, control over certain areas or responsibility for certain areas, and they're the ones that he will send to do his bidding. And, you know, we read about this, by the way, in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, yes. you know, where it describes the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, and the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's and right. so, uh, I do believe there are territorial demons. <clears throat> oh, yeah. uh, I believe this uh, scripturally. Um, but again, you know, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So we, we never yeah, need to hear this. But uh, 
but we we absolutely recognize that they're there. But not only do I know that biblically, but I, I know it experientially. So in, in my research uh, over the last 15, 16, 17 years now, I have uh, come across many, many examples where geographically there seems to be a higher incidence of demonic activity, paranormal activity, mm-hmm. uh, things that, that really uh, manifest in one way or another the spiritual warfare that we are all facing. Right. And it doesn't, that's not to say that spiritual warfare isn't universal. It is. We're always yes. engaged in spiritual warfare. We need to recognize that. And uh, that's why we need to stay in the word. We need to pray. We need to fellowship with other like-minded Bible-believing uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. Uh, and you know, we need to constantly feed the spirit and grow mature by walking in the spirit. Um, Satan yeah. has a field day with weak believers who oh, are boy. out of fellowship, who are not studying the word, who are not grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so that's universal, but there are certainly places as I've experienced. And as I understand Ephesians six, where certain demons have uh, a little bit longer leash, you might say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, and I talk about that a little bit in the book, places I've been where I've just sensed it. And, and even, you know, going back many years ago, before I was really awake to how the world really works, um, I can tell you on mission trips and in other places, I've experienced that sort of sense in the spirit that there's something there. And, you know, animals, by the way, can, can sense you know, things on, on a, on a dimension that sometimes we can't. And, uh, and I, I, uh, just, you know, I mentioned at the outset how we've been kind of under attack, uh, over the last couple of weeks, it seems like, well, part of that relates to our animals and where we live in a mountain uh, area, uh, in Colorado, you know, it's known that this area is a high, you know, density hotspot for paranormal type activity. And uh, we knew that before, before we bought the place. In fact, I was kind of intrigued because I'd studied that area for a long time. We weren't looking to buy in that area, but it was something that, you know, I was aware of, but of course, being a believer, knowing the power of God, none of that scares me, but nevertheless, we've had several um, abnormal, just really uh, anomalies occur with our, with our dogs. We have four dogs that uh, run the property. And, uh, you know, I just have to believe there's something out there that, uh, you know, is uh, Satan is trying to do to, to stir trouble. We've had two trees, big, huge, tall pine trees, uh, you know, uh, fall uh, since we moved in here. Uh, both of them in different parts of the property happened to fall on the fence, uh, causing our dogs to be able to escape. And of course, our property, it's not huge, but it's uh, several acres. And it, it, it's such that, you know, you don't really know that they've escaped until you start getting calls or you see a note on, you know, the neighborhood uh, website or something. Hey, I saw a dog roaming free. And then you look out in the property and you realize, oh, yeah, the, the fence is breached. And so, you know, just things like that. I'm not suggesting that there's a demon behind every bush or that any of this was necessarily a direct satanic attack. But when you look at the cumulative case, you just have to believe that these demons are mm-hmm. probably his most um, direct uh, sycophants that are following him, doing his bidding, and serving uh, at his behest. 
Yes. So then, you know, if you fast forward in time, you, you begin to learn that there's a human component to this Luciferian conspiracy. And, you know, I've often said, and I, I, I don't know that it really ever resonates the way I want it to, but I've often tried to make the point that if Satan is trying to take over the world, this earthly realm, and we already know he's using demons, but who among the, the realm of physicality and time, space, and matter, who would he conspire with? Yeah. Well, it's not going to be animals or trees or bushes or fish. It's mm -hmm. going to be humans. <laughs> I mean, yes. that should go without saying. And so, yeah. you know, a lot of times uh, through the years when I've talked about this stuff, people who've never even contemplated it just get this blank look on their face and they, they come <laughs> up to me afterwards and act like, yeah. you know, you're nuts. What do you mean, you know, people are, you know, evil and trying to aid and abet Satan? Well, I mean, that's just naive to think otherwise. So, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just, it's really stunning to me that, that this seems to be a stumbling block for some people. But uh, I think I've made the case quite clearly in the book that, uh, you know, there's no question uh, about it. And by the way, you can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org, and you can read the preface and read the entire table of contents, which is lengthy. It's an almost 300-page book, and that'll kind of give you an idea of some of the topics that we that we talk about in the book, and, uh, and then you can get it there uh, at that website as well. So, but in Psalm 2, David really, you know, eloquently, obviously under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, describes this conspiracy. Now, we've talked a lot about this on your program and many other programs, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but cl clearly the first three verses explain the human component to this conspiracy. David yes. says, why do the nations rage and the people, I mean, people is the Hebrew word that means people, <laughs> uh, plot a vain thing. Uh, so right. who are these people? He says, the kings of the earth and the rulers set themselves and take counsel together against the Lord, Yahweh, and against his anointed, Jesus, the eternal Son of God, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. So that's mm -hmm. it in a nutshell. You know, they're trying to defeat God. They don't like, Satan doesn't like control, and he's using these earthly uh, components to wipe out any references to God or the Christian, you know, biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. So we certainly see that today in America. You know, America, while only a small uh, blip on the, the the timeline of human history, I pointed out in my conference in, uh, I don't even remember where it was. Oh, in Tulsa, I did those two uh, conference, those two messages by video because I wasn't able to travel to Tulsa for that conference. Um, but uh, in one of those two, I pointed out. Uh, how the United States of America has been part of human history for less than one half of 1% of the total time uh, that exists, 6,000 years. Right. So, uh, but of course, Satan has been here for 100% of it. And so, uh, but when you think about, uh, you know, uh, the United States, it's relatively recent, yet it has quickly become a beachhead as I talk about in, in the message from last week and uh, whose fingerprints are on the founding of America, uh, it's become a beachhead for both the, the gospel advancement 
and, you know, doing more to really, you know, teach the Bible and print Bibles and disseminate Bibles and so forth, dis distribute Bibles, I should say, uh, than any, any nation. But yet at the same time, Satan has used this country to, as a beachhead for his, the Luciferian agenda. So, uh, yes, he's he's trying. We see in our day, you and I, and anyone living today in America, the systematic attempts of Satan to destroy this country and to destroy, you know, to 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 get rid of any reference to God, um, to destroy the image of God in man with the gender neutrality movement, the gender surrender movement, as I oh, call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, getting God out of the schools and out of, you know, out of uh, culture and yeah. um, you hate crimes and all these things. Or if you, if you preach the word of God, which plainly says something is a sin and you call yeah. people out for that, you can be now charged with a crime, you know, in, in certain wow. jurisdictions. So, so we see, you know, these, these lackeys, these human lackeys described as world leaders uh, in Psalm chapter two. And of course that was written a thousand years before Christ. So we're now 2000, we're now 3000 years later. Um, yeah. and you know, those world leaders are still striving to cut the cords and cast them away and break yes. the bonds of God's sovereignty. Yes. Um, and you know, to, in our day, if we want to put, you know, names with faces, so to speak, uh, you know, these co-conspirators would would be indeed world leaders, just as David talked about, you know, such as, you know, the the David Rockefellers of the world, the Kissingers, um, yes. even centered around World War II, people like uh, Winston Churchill. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but Winston Churchill was very much an advocate of a one world global government. He yes, he was not like national sovereignty at all. That's right. Um, you know, his one of his predecessors, Benjamin Disraeli, uh, said the world is governed by very different personages to what is imagined by those who are not themselves behind the scenes. That's right. Um, and, you know, uh, it was uh, Ch Churchill who clearly talked about um, after World War II, there's we're going to need a you know new world order or a one world uh government yes um, he did he mentioned it many times yeah so and that but then you've got you know i've mentioned kissinger you've got other uh even u.s presidents and again oh, yeah. some of these are witting lackeys and some of these are unwitting lackeys yeah um, I, I believe that in the last uh half century uh every u.s president has been selected not elected but prior to that, when elections were more uh, reliable, even if a person got in who was not a part of the conspiracy, they were very quickly reminded who's in charge. Uh, and, you know, even as Bill Clinton said, quote, there's a government inside the government and I don't control it, you know. Um, and so, you know, these uh, these even U.S. presidents have, you know, had a lot uh, to say, uh, uh, FDR famously said, nothing happens by accident. If it happens, you can bet it was planned that way. Yeah. Um, he said, the, the, uh, the real truth of the matter is, as you and I know it, that a financial element in the large centers has owned the government of the U.S. since the days of Andrew Jackson. 
Absolutely. And one of the most famous that I'm quite sure that our listeners uh, have uh, heard of is uh, Woodrow Wilson's famous statement uh, when he left office. He said, since I entered politics, I have chiefly had men's views confided to me privately. Some of the biggest <clears throat> men in the United States in the field of commerce and manufacture are afraid of something. They know that there's a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked, so complete, so pervasive that they better not speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it. He sure so, did say that, Ari, yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, it's often quoted. But, uh, you know, Churchill said the creation of an authoritative world order is the ultimate aim toward which we must strive. Charles de Gaulle, after World War II, said the same thing. Nations must unite in a world government or perish. Yep. James right. Paul Warburg, that the, we shall have world government, whether, whether you like, you it, like or it or not. By yeah. conquest or consent. Exactly. So, uh, so, you know, these are some of the faces of the human leaders, earthly leaders that David alluded to in Psalm 2. Now, of course, in his day, they were kings and, uh, you know, things like that. But uh, in fact, he calls them king, the kings of the earth. But, uh, you know, after as we go through time and Satan continues to harness these lackeys and, 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 and try to get them riled up and, and accomplishing his goal, uh, they've expanded into, you know, all different uh, people and different regions of the world. And I think, as I've said frequently in the last couple of months since the book came out, that, uh, you know, he, they're on the cusp of it. You know, uh, Klaus Schwab is clearly one of the faces oh. of the Luciferian elite today. He's yes. uh, over 80 years old, and he, yes. can, he's, he feels like they're so close to establishing the one world order, the satanic one world order, that he can taste it. And so yeah. this whole COVID yeah. thing that the pre-planned, you know, or, uh, non-organic manufactured uh, rollout of a pandemic was, uh, is the key linchpin in their plan. And as you and I've talked about, they've been working on it for 22 years. Yes, and uh, they think this is their, you know, key opportunity, uh, you know, to push them across the finish line. And while right. we're on the subject of that, you and I were talking off air about uh, a new report, the Global COVID Summit Declaration 4, yes, yes. May 12th. This is uh, Dr. Robert Malone. But, you know, I think by now everybody's, you know, hip to this whole, you know, total deception. But just to you know, state it once again, here's a joint statement representing 17,000 physicians and medical scientists that say the entire COVID pandemic is a sham. And they are calling for an end to the national emergency. They're calling to restore scientific integrity. And watch this. They're calling for, uh, you know, uh, to, to, uh, to that these crimes against humanity Yes. be held accountable and, and be addressed. And so yep. in the book, I, the biggest chapter in Spirit of the Antichrist is chapter nine on vaccines and big pharma. And I have several examples worldwide, totaling 100,000 or more doctors and scientists who've all at great personal cost spoken out against the big lie of our yeah. day. Oh, um, yeah. And so this is 17,000. But I mean, those numbers ought to get people's attention. Um, oh, yeah. And so, you know, you, you and I both believe, and as do many 
people who study this stuff that you know we are headed towards round two of this you know oh uh, without a doubt they're not going to give up and because so many people especially in america freedom loving you know bible believing and not even not always bible believing just general patriots who, who are have a half a brain and can you know look at science and interpret it um you know they can look at a mask for example and know that a a mask that has a hole 50 times larger than the virus is not going to contain the virus like you know, any more than a, mos- trying to e- keep out mosquitoes with a chain link fence yeah, yeah so i was just gonna say so um, our, our minds are, are eerily similar curtis it, <laughs> it kind of scares me to be honest with you but uh it but, should jb it should <laughs> but uh but anyway uh so uh but so these people are waking up but nevertheless because yeah. of that they're gonna have to clamp down even harder next time they're going to have to do some type of big false flag or big event that you know you're right and with with that i've i've heard something this morning uh just just broadcast on on the news uh congress has received a, a a certain disclosure level report on ufos uh now there's going to be some information in that that they're going to use at the right time to create another crisis that will instill fear and and where they'll be able to gain control of the populace. Uh, it, it, this is exactly you know the kind of thing you're talking about. Yeah, the the whole UFO thing falls under the category of paranormal, and I had a whole video uh, presentation on that as part of the 18 part Spirit of the Antichrist video series that came out about a year before the book the book uh we haven't addressed it yet because this is just volume one and we we just ran out of space so volume two of the book uh hopefully is coming out this fall and in that i have a whole chapter on ufos and disclosure um and you know for those christians that are listening to the program that really have never studied that please you know don't think that we're tinfoil hat crazy nut nut right. here right. we we we're, you know we're, we're simply suggesting that the existence of ufos is undeniable we have decades of yes. hardcore research and an entire building with documented you know, printouts of of you know top level generals and uh military officials and others that have documented it on record the question is what is it and you know, I believe that one of the biggest impetuses for the creation of the Space Force was because the unbelieving pagan world that sees all of this stuff thinks it is actually an, a Martian invasion of some kind, some kind of an alien right. Right. aspect. It, we, we know it isn't because that does not comport with the biblical record, but we do know that it is uh, demonic, that it's uh, spiritual, uh, dimensional. And uh, so I won't take the time to go into a whole lot of detail on that. Perhaps we can dedicate a future show uh, to that and we can review some of that okay. data. But the point is, you know, that, as you just said, that report that just came out is all setting the stage for this climactic end, yes. which we hope and believe will begin with the rapture so that Amen. we're not here for a lot of it. But our listeners need to understand that the only promise in Scripture is that the rapture will happen prior to the commencement of the 70th week of Daniel, that, that final seven-year right. tribulation period. Um, it's, it does not promise that we won't be here when things really begin to fall apart. Right. So uh, we, we hope that we don't have to endure the kind of 
suffering and persecution that many uh, Christians have for centuries and millennia, the last 2,000 years, but uh, we may. And uh, so we need to be prepared and we need to think about these things. Um, but all of this is sort of ratcheting up and like never before. I mean, I know, I understand. I've studied theology for 32 years. I've got advanced degrees in it. I get it that in every generation, there are always those who are saying, head for the hills, the rapture is going to happen oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. that's not what we're talking about here. I mean, you have to be living under a rock not to see the literal, you know, life-changing, world-altering things that are happening today with transhumanism, with, you know, gender surrender, with globalism just in your face being talked about. It's um, so obvious, yeah. Yeah, it really is. And I encourage uh, listeners, by the way, if they haven't done so already, uh, check out my interview with Jan Markell this past weekend. Uh, you can get it at notbyworks.org or at Jan's website, olivetreeviews.org, um, because uh, she did a fantastic interview. She, she uh, played several quotes uh, from uh, Harari, and also uh, we yeah. talked about Pippa Malmgren and some of these other globalists from the World yeah. Economic Forum. And uh, it was a really, really well done uh, interview. And uh, Jan uh, reached out to me yesterday to say that it's getting overwhelmingly positive response, better than usual for her program. And, you know, she always does such an outstanding job and has just, you know, yeah. A-list uh, guests on. I, I'm more of a B or C list, so I was just grateful to get the chance oh. to be on her show. But uh, I'm thankful that it's getting the traction that it is. But in that, we we talk about so many of the, you know, earth-changing things that are happening uh, right before our very eyes. So yeah, yeah, it's it's just one after the other. It seems like every day there's there's something new out there that is coming to light uh and it, it you really you're right you'd have to be living under a rock not to be able to see it and and sadly you know it's those people that are that are living under a rock that are going to be squashed and you know some people take yeah. this laissez-faire attitude well i'm a believer if i die i'll go to heaven when it's my time to go it's my time to go i mean that is i, I mean i i you know reject that attitude and frankly rebuke that attitude because yeah. the biblical attitude is we should be on the front lines, engaging, doing everything we can to share the gospel, raise our children, proclaim the truth, um, to just sit back and let this stuff happen is, is not being, not, not fulfilling our purpose in this present church age. I agree. Shining like stars in a perverse generation, as Paul calls it. So we, we have not only a, a, an opportunity, but a duty to speak up, speak out, prepare, you know, uh, if you're not preparing for this food shortage right now, you're just crazy. I'm sorry. I mean that in a good way, but I mean, it's, it's like, uh, you know, you can't just say, well, if God wants me to eat, he'll, he'll leave the Walmart open. You, you, you know, you life is valuable. Life is precious. And we have a duty to provide for and prepare for our, uh, our family and our children and our grandchildren. And by the way, if anybody listening uh, would like, you can email me. And I've got a document that we put together about a year ago of just, I call it the preparedness list. Um, and it's got all kinds of things to at least think about. Everybody's different. Every situation is different. Every geographic region is different. Uh, but it's got a comprehensive list of items and supplies and, you know, things to think about 
when you think about preparedness. So just email me and say, hey, I heard you mention the preparedness list. Please send it to me. I'll be glad to send it to you. But uh, as we get back to our topic at hand of Satan's obsequious sycophants, you know, we've talked about the demons and we talked about world leaders, but I want to zero in on a couple of other biblical components uh, to this group of lackeys. Uh, if you go to the first century, you find out there was a select group uh, there that uh, the Gospels reference uh, that are, were part of this conspiracy. Uh, remember the conspiracy as we read about it in Psalm 2 was to destroy God's anointed. That's Jesus Christ. Sure. Well, in Matthew 12, we read that the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him, talking yeah. about Jesus. So the Pharisees are in that list of Absolutely. Satan's obsequious sycophants. Um, later on in Matthew 26, uh, in, during the time of the uh, uh, betrayal and arrest of Christ, we read that the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and to kill him, That's Matthew 26, right. 3 and 4. So, you know, there's another list of key Jewish leaders. And back on Easter Sunday this year, I preached a message, Who Killed Jesus? It's still posted both as a podcast on our podcast channel and as a video on our videos page. Um, I encourage you to check that out because it wasn't just the Jews. It was a several different groups all together, uh, and uh, I give the biblical proof for that. Um, so, and then another, uh, I mean, obviously there's so many people that we could mention, but another key person that I think next to the demons is really going to be the man of the hour is the Antichrist, and yes. the Antichrist will not uh, rise to prominence until after the rapture, and we will identify him once he has signed the peace treaty uh, with uh, Israel. Uh, but he is definitely, you know, a key lackey in this. And we read about you know the him in several places. But for example, First Thessalonians uh, chapter two, uh, where uh, I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians chapter two, where Paul says. Uh, you know, the man of sin will be revealed. Yep. He is one who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped, so that he sits as God in the temple, yes. showing himself that he is God. Paul is speaking here of that future Antichrist. Jesus mentions the same event called the abomination of desolation. Right. Daniel predicted it in Daniel chapter 9, and it's going to be really you know, a, a high pinnacle moment in this cosmic struggle between good and evil. Uh, and once the abomination of desolation happens, when, when the Antichrist sets himself up as God in the temple, we know that at that point, it's only three and a half more years until Christ comes back at the end of the tribulation to cast this, this false prophet, this sycophant, this, uh, this, uh, this Antichrist and false prophet, these sycophants, into uh, the uh, uh, everlasting fire. So, um, yes. you know, it's uh, the, the, you know, the Antichrist is kind of the, the final, the, the arch type sycophant, if you will. Yes. Yes. Agreed. You know, and, and uh, see, uh, an interesting contrast here is, you know, what we humans consider leadership, uh, God 
considers lackeys, you know, I mean, because really that's what they are. They're just doing the bidding of, of uh, Satan, you know, the, the prince of the power of the air, you know. And, and, uh, and the sad thing is they don't even know it most of the and time. They don't. Yeah. Because yeah, they think, you know, they think they're is, important cog yeah. in, they in, do. in, they, in they the think, entire plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Satan is so deceptive that he gets he, he knows everyone's weak point. And so he gets these world leaders and these you know political leaders and these business leaders and these you know oil barons and whoever he gets them focused on whatever it is that it controls them whether it's money or sex or fame or power uh, or control uh, and so they're not all necessarily you know sitting down with Satan for quarterly business meetings and getting their marching orders right. some are. Make no mistake, and I chart that out in the book. Some yep. are, but not all of them are. But that doesn't mean they're not very powerful cogs in the wheel, as you as you called it. And yes. so, uh, you know, these are. And by the way, it's not just people, uh, and we've mentioned several of them. But there are other entities, other organizations that are a big time part of, oh, wow. uh, you know, Satan's obsequious sycophants, like the media. Uh, clearly, you know, we've talked about that extensively with Operation Mockingbird. Um, yep. you know, education, yep. uh, the whole education system from top to bottom has been controlled from the beginning with the Rockefeller Foundation and the Carnegie Foundation. So um, obviously governments, you know, I've seen it firsthand at even at local levels where these people that are controlled, these controlled agents come in and sort of wreak their havoc and you know, everybody assumes that you know one of the big problems that, that, that occurs to me curtis is that everybody tends to assume the general goodness of mankind and i've seen enough and studied enough and researched enough that i'm just the opposite i'm so cynical right. i tend to assume the worst in every case just because i've i've seen it i've been burned i've been i've seen read enough books that would just you know, blow your mind as to the kinds oh. of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. So people need to stop thinking that man is generally good. God's word says just the opposite. Just the opposite. We're, yeah. we're depraved and we need a savior. We need Jesus to redeem yeah. us. And the only way that's going to happen is by placing your faith and trust in him. And by the sure. way, the amazing thing about God's grace is that you know, it can redeem even the most despicable, horrible agent in Satan's army. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've been preaching through Acts on Sundays, and this past Sunday I was continuing where we had left off previously from Acts 9 and the conversion of Saul. And if oh. a guy like Saul can get saved... Then you know, Klaus Schwab could too. Then Klaus Schwab could too. Amen. And so, um, you know, let's we... Let's pray uh, for that to happen. Yeah, let's pray for that. So, but, but at the same time, let's not be naive and, and, and ignore the reality of just the depths of evil that, that these people have. So, you know, you've got media, education, governments, you've got the military-industrial complex. Oh, um, you can't leave so, them out. Yeah, so there's no shortage of candidates. You've, you've um, got the World Health Organization. You've got the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. Um, you've got... Yeah. Oh, uh, any number. How about the uh, World Council of Churches? Yeah, the National uh, Council of Churches, the yeah. Vatican. Oh, um, you know, I mean, and then you've got the it, within the military, you've got CIA or intelligence community anyway, CIA, FBI, NSA. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, all kinds of black ops. Um, uh, one of the subjects that we're going to talk about in volume two of the book is secret societies. I'm going to have a whole chapter dedicated to that. I've got a, a video, a pretty, pretty good video out that addresses several secret societies. Uh, it's part of our What in the World is Going On series. Uh, which is an eight-part streaming video series. You can just go to our website and check that out. Uh, it's uh, behind a paywall. We, we sell it. It was available for free for about a year, so many people have watched it. But, you know, we have to, uh, we make our living from this ministry and we have to, you know, pay the bills. And so we, we it's now available uh, to purchase uh, as a streaming or download, you know, both. Uh, and But it's, you can go to the website and click on videos and you'll see that. And by the way, you know, we always make it clear at our conferences that we never want money to be an issue. We want to get the word out. We want to get the gospel out clearly, accurately, and urgently. If someone ever really would like one of our resources, books or DVDs or something, uh, and, and finances are tight right now, which I know they are for many people, just let me know. Call, email me. And we, we've given away tons of stuff uh, through the years, tons of these books. Uh, I get people all the time who listen to us from overseas and places where we can't ship the book. Australia, South Africa, the United right. Kingdom, and um, I'll often just send them an e-copy of it and say, hey, it's not available over there. We're not able to ship there, but I really want the message to get out. So here's an e-copy of the book. So, there you go. Yeah. But anyway. Um, hey, I'd yeah. like to reserve my copy right now. I've, okay, you got I'm it. Just, I'm just on record now. Okay, <laughs> You got it. <laughs> you, you're, you're in the VIP club. You could get whatever you want. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, JB. Thank you. So Thank yeah, you. Just, I, I, I'm looking forward to its release. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, um, so yeah, just to sum up, you know, we are, uh, we are in a spiritual war and, uh, there is a group out there that are lackeys to Satan. they're doing whatever he wants. They, many of them recognize it. Um, uh, and, and they're, they're, they're brown nosers to Satan, you might say, but many of them are not. Many of them are unwitting, uh, pawns in the game. Uh, I talked about that in my Tulsa message. I forget which one, probably the one about, yeah, it was the one about Russia, Ukraine, and the new world order. And I oh, talked yeah. about how is Zelensky, you know, a hero or is he just a pawn? And I think he's just a pawn. So he's a pawn. So be aware of that and, uh, you know, study the scriptures and you'll see down through the ages that Satan has always worked with people like he, he indwelt Judas to help you know, as a human counterpart to try to destroy Christ at his first advent. And uh, but never forget that the ground uh, is level at the foot of the cross, that anybody can come to faith in Christ. And if you haven't trusted in Christ as your savior, today's the day to do that. Uh, more oh, than man. ever before there's an more urgency. than ever before you're right i mean yeah. look at look at what's happening it, yeah. it's you better not if you've been on the fence uh dear listener if you've been on the fence you're not sure what what you should do about it uh get off the fence and accept jesus christ as your personal savior now amen today's amen. the day Amen. Well, thanks, Curtis, man. It's always great to be with you and uh, certainly great to be back in the saddle. And, oh, man, uh, we're, we're, we're so excited to have you back, JB. I, I can't even tell you, man. That's right. We, we really missed you, and I know our listeners have too. So welcome yeah. back, my friend. My pleasure. Well, listen, I appreciate this hour. And uh, well, I'll tell you what, I think we, we, we kind of detailed this rather well and uh, gave some really uh, 
pertinent examples of of who Satan's obsequious sycophants are. And uh, take notice, folks. Don't believe, don't take our word for it. Do the research yourself. We we recommend that you do that. And uh, and we recommend that you study the word and do the and do the research on the other things that we're telling you about. And we believe that you'll come to the same conclusion that we, that we have. Amen. By the way, I, one last thing I forgot to mention, I had a great visit with uh, one of your other uh, recurring guests, uh, Lucas and Sarah oh, yeah. and the boys. Uh, they came up to my conference in Wisconsin and we went oh, to lunch yeah. together and it was a fantastic time visit. We spent the whole lunch talking about you. So that was always, that was fun, you know. Oh, well, you know, you could have spent the time doing so much other more fruitful things well we were trying to fix you but in the end we by unanimous vote we just decided you know he yeah there's no, no fixing him yeah that, it's <laughs> uh, other people have tried I, yeah. <laughs> and since you mentioned lucas i'm sitting here with a copy of his newest book for me to proofread which and which what's in the same thing deceiving by signs by lucas Teremus. Oh, fantastic. Wow. That rascal didn't tell me about that. I've got his other books on Ecclesiastes and Job and Proverbs and stuff, but yeah, uh, yeah. wow. Fantastic. Yeah, we've, we've got the first printed, unofficial printed copy. Well, it's, it's the eight and a half by 11. Uh, yeah. 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 And uh, unbound and it's for proofreading and that's what I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you guys. And I'll let you close it out, Curtis. Well, JB, thank you uh, again for, for uh, detailing some really important information in the manner in which you do. You are a valuable member of our team, and we are really blessed to have you, and we're, we are so excited to have you back. And uh, I want to remind our listeners that, that they can uh, get the same kind of pertinent data professionally, uh, professionally presented every Tuesday morning. Uh, JB will do that for you. I guarantee it. He, he's second to none in my book. Uh, so be with us next Tuesday. Uh, JB and I will talk about the subject matter. We don't know what that'll be yet, uh, but we let this kind of the spirit kind of lead us on, on most of this stuff. Uh, also, want to remind you to be with us again uh, next Saturday morning for Pastor Dick's segment. Uh, ongoing series of Romans chapter one, the of God series. You don't want to miss that. And then again, uh, we missed Lucas last week, scheduling difficulties, uh, but he should be back with us Saturday evening. Uh, and then one last reminder, if you enjoyed today's show, which I'm sure you did, I want you to be sure to go to notbyworks.org and you can live stream JB's church services live at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. You can do that by going to notbyworks.org uh, and live stream. Uh, there's a live stream link there and you can get his Sunday morning services at 9 and 1030 a.m. Mountain Time and Wednesday evening, I think it's 630 Mountain six. Time. Pardon? Six o'clock. Uh, six o'clock. I'm sorry. At six o'clock Mountain Time. So if you enjoyed today, join him for Sunday and Wednesday. You'll get the same kind of great information. Yep. And uh, it, JB, thank you again for your fellowship and, and all your contributions. We really appreciate you, brother. That's right. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, until Saturday morning, 
This is the Christian Underground News Network signing off. May God bless and keep you.